You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, it's Locked On Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's plate this dish on Tuesday, April 20th. Yes, happy 420, everybody. Into Wednesday, April 21st. Matt Derry with you on the Locked On Podcast Network. Big day today. Tony Pauline from ProFootballNetwork.com and the Believe Podcast Network, draft analyst for them, is going to join me today to break down the number seven pick. What he thinks Detroit could do. What about if the Lions trade back? What does he think of Penny Sewell, et cetera? Tony Pauline, who does a fantastic job in analyzing the NFL draft for ProFootballNetwork.com will join us coming up momentarily. I've made my pick, by the way, in the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. It is happening right now. All right? If you haven't listened yet, go to my Twitter at Dairy Speaks or just Google Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 and start listening. All right? It features analysis from NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, our buddy, and Brian Baldinger. All of all the local experts for every team make the trades and make the picks. So just search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Heck, even our buddy Mike Stone, Stoney from the Ticket, is on there today talking about my selection. I'm going to talk about it tomorrow, but I'm going to tease it and let you fill uh, tune in to see who I picked in the Locked On Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. And we'll talk about that more tomorrow. Find us on Twitter at Dairy Speaks, at Locked On Lions, also the Matt Dairy Facebook fan page. News today. Adam Schefter reports Carolina at 8, looking to trade back. Yesterday, Ian Rappaport, Dolphins at 6, looking to trade back, maybe. Hasn't been any talk lately about the Lions trading back. But in today's NFL.com Peter Schrager, Mock Draft 2.0, Schrager has the following going on. Lawrence, Wilson, Jones, 1-2-3. Pitts at 4 to the Falcons. Sewell to the Bengals at 5, which we talked about yesterday, and Chase to the Dolphins at 6. Those are, that's how it it looks like it, it could be going down if the Falcons don't go quarterback. So then, that would lead the Lions at 7 to have their choice of Slater, Waddle, Fields, Lance, players like that. But in the Schrager mock, he has the Cardinals trading up from 16 to 7 to take Jalen Waddle to give Kyler Murray another weapon. In this swap, he has the Lions grabbing the 16th pick, And then next year's Cardinals number one pick and a third round pick next year. So getting two more picks and then sliding down to 16. So then Schrager continues. Justin Fields at 8. Trey Lance at 9. Patrick Sertan at 10. J.C. Horn at 11 of the Giants. Patriots trade up to take Devontae Smith at 12. Chargers take Rayshon Slater. Vikings take Jalen Phillips, the pass rusher from Miami. Philly takes 
uh, Alicia Vera Tucker, the tackle from USC. And then the Lions at 16 would draft Christian Derisaw, the tackle from Virginia Tech. This is what Schrager writes. And again, they have, Schrager has Derisaw going ahead of Micah Parsons. Quote, the Lions could be a team that trades back not once but multiple times in this draft. With Detroit in rebuild mode and with just six draft picks this year, look for GM Brad Holmes to be wheeling and dealing during the entire three-day exercise. Derisaw is a former lightly recruited prospect out of prep school who's been magnificent the past few years with the Hokies of Virginia Tech. There you go. So uh, passing on Micah Park at Parsons to take an offensive tackle in Christian Derisaw does not bother me in the least. In the least. And I want to ask Tony Pauline about Derisaw because some people have him ranked very highly. I would like this strategy. The Lions still address the right tackle spot. Then they get a first-round pick, an extra first. Could you imagine getting moving down nine spots but getting a number one next year and a number three? I think you have to do that if you're Brad Holmes. Right? Carolina should be looking to trade back. They've got their quarterback now in Sam Darnold. Miami, I don't know. To me, if Jamar Chase is there at six, you got to get two of some more weapons. But I found this to be definitely an intriguing look at another mock draft, and Peter Schrager does a nice job. Tony Pauline from ProFootballNetwork.com and the Believe Podcast Network is going to join us um, coming up next. First, though, we got to tell you about our friends at betonline.ag. Tomorrow could be fun because if you have nothing to do tomorrow, you want to bet on the Tigers and Pirates, they're playing too. You can do it at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is done, but we got the NBA, we got MLB, we got the NHL all in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. And if you want to bet the Lions under five and a half wins, for 2021 or over five and a half wins, you could do it at betonline.ag. That's their season win total right now on the website. Go there now or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, promo code locked on uh, to get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Excited to talk to this guy right now from ProFootballNetwork.com, NFL Draft Analyst, and you can also hear him on the Believe Podcast Network. Tony Pauline gives us a couple minutes here on Locked On Lions as we get close, closer to the draft. What's up, Tony? Oh, uh, not much. I guess the, the stock of some uh, players and the stock of well, the stock of a few other players have dropped. So, wow, give it, give us an update. Where where are we here with? Nine days to go before the draft. What, what what news do you have for us? Well, I mean, as I reported on Pro Football Network, Milton Williams, the uh, defensive lineman from Louisiana Tech, just continues to climb at, at an insane rate. And what I say is an insane rate, I mean, a lot of people thought he was a day three pick. He's getting some late first-round grades. I don't think he's going to go late first round. I think he's more of a second-round talent. But, I mean, if we're a guy like that to make a big uh, jump-up draft boards, uh, coming out of Louisiana Tech, especially with his stats, is pretty significant. Uh, another defensive player, Richie Grant, uh, from Central Florida. Someone who's been a real good safety the past three years. He's also getting late first-round grades. But again, I think it's a situation while some teams grade him as a late first-rounder, he ends up in round two because I don't really see any teams the bottom half of round one uh, taking uh, a second safety off the board. 
It's easy, Tony, to sit here and go, oh, give us your mock, run us through that. I, I want to get your thoughts first off on just the quarterbacks and how you see you know one through four going when it comes to that position, I guess, specifically. Well, obviously the first two are kind of easy, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, although, uh, and that's the way they come off my board. Now, after that, I mean, <clears throat> what is San Francisco going to do? I reported to Pro Football Network Two weeks ago, that Matt Jones to uh, San Francisco was absolutely not a foregone conclusion, and people were premature uh, in penciling that in. And I got mocked for it. And, uh, play on words there, but that you know that looks to be the case. I think all three quarterbacks are in play there, and I think the uh, the Niners are going to take through this weekend to kind of decide which one is the best fit for them. Uh, I mean, if I had. If I had my pick of the litter, I would go with Justin Fields. I think Mac Jones at number three is a ridiculous reach. I don't think he. Did, I think he's done a good job this year. I think he's made a move up draft boards more than anybody thought. But I think the move to number three is a bit insane. And then uh, Trey Lance and, and finish it off in the top five with Mac Jones. Well, when you say you know you get to four, we know the Niners are going to take a quarterback. But what do you think Atlanta does? Is there going to be a trade there? Do, do they take Ryan's successor? What are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, obviously they want to trade out, but the fact is this, you know, you need somebody to trade up. Now, I don't know that Denver really wants to make a big move up draft boards to get a quarterback at this point. In fact, I've heard that they're pretty content staying where they're at at number nine, although draft meetings are just ending. That may change. You know, the other teams that need quarterbacks, the New England Patriots, the Washington football team, the Chicago Bears, that is a pretty significant jump, and I don't know that any of those teams are willing to give away the draft capital uh, that is necessary to make that move because that market has already been dictated uh, by the uh, Miami Dolphins with that trade to the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know any of those franchises want to or are in a position to uh, give away future first-round picks to get a quarterback. So I think what could happen is Atlanta could be sitting there. I think they will absolutely consider a quarterback, although it's going to be tough because they really can't get out of Matt Ryan's contract the next two years. And eventually they could settle on Kyle Pitts at number four, which really isn't a bad consolation prize at all. Tony Pauline from Pro Football uh, Network.com and also uh, our friends at the Believe a Podcast Network as well. Tony does some draft analyst work for them, knows his stuff. Uh, as you can hear, in, inside and out. It's interesting, Tony, with the Lions at 7. I said yesterday on this show, Cincinnati at 5 is a big link to the Lions at 7 because they're almost in identical positions. People in Cincinnati are saying, oh, they got to get Jamar Chase to, to, to pit uh, alongside Joe Burrow again and have the LSU reunion, but many feel like they should go get Panay Sewell to, to protect Joe Burrow, and there's talk in Detroit almost the same type of thing. How do you view that situation for Detroit, kind of waiting on what Cincy does at five? You know, I think the Lions are in a good position. They have a needed offensive line, although I don't think it's as desperate as it is in Cincinnati because I believe Cincinnati desperately needs a left tackle to protect their franchise quarterback, especially a franchise quarterback that's coming off a devastating knee injury. And in a year that is stacked with wide receiver prospects. Listen, I have Jamar Chase graded higher than Penny Sewell by a little bit, but this is one of the few times I'd be willing to go off my board uh, and draft a guy like uh, Penny Sewell to protect uh, to pe- protect Joe Burrow. They do have a good receiver in T. Higgins. They will be able to get good receivers in day two, the Bengals, if they want to. 
I, I think the situation is a little bit different in the sense that <clears throat> there's more of a desperate need for receivers with the Lions than there is for offensive linemen, although they could use an offensive lineman. What, what's your what, what's your sort of philosophy on taking a receiver at seven? You mentioned before this is a, a stacked receiver draft. I was reading some of your stuff today just about all the guys that you really like that could be day two guys uh, receiver-wise. Yet there's Sewell, like you said, a, a guy you could place at least in Detroit at right tackle for many, many years and then eventually take over for Taylor Decker. But what's your kind of viewpoint on taking a receiver at seven? I have no problem with it. I mean, I really have no, except for a punter or a kicker or a long snapper, I have no problem taking, you know, a player early in the draft if they are far and away the best player on the board and they also happen to fill a need. A lot of it comes down to just player development. You know, sometimes teams will draft good players, but they can't develop them. They they, they can't get them to become, you know, transition their their football, college football skills into the NFL game, which is part of the problem. You know, a lot of people look at the draft as the ending. You know, who won the draft? Who did the best in the draft? The draft is just the beginning. So drafting the right player is just part of the equation. The bigger part is developing that player. What if Pitts is gone? What if Sewell is gone? And what if Chase is gone? And the Lions are picking at seven. I want to ask Tony Pauline that when we come back. First, rockauto.com, family-owned business. Folks, if you're looking for auto parts, there's only one place to go, and that is rockauto.com. They've been uh, serving families for over 20 years. You go to their website, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and it is simple. They've got everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. So you don't have to go to the store. It's snowing here in Detroit. Stay home. Get what you need at rockauto.com. Best of all, prices are reliably low and the same for, uh, for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. All right. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck are right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box and they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Back with Tony Pauline, profootballnetwork.com, draft analyst, and also the Believe Podcast Network. All right, Tony, so let's say the Falcons don't go quarterback, and there's Kyle Pitts at four, Sewell goes to Cincy, Chase goes to the Dolphins. If you're Detroit at seven, uh, you know, would you dare take a quarterback, or do you think that's a easy trade down spot for Brad Holmes? Or they take Devonta Smith. I mean, I think all options would be on the table. I don't know if that, that the Dolphins would take Chase over Devonta Smith because that's the player they like. But you know, the, the, the Lions are in a good spot. They they, they could take a, a highly rated player in this scenario, a receiver. I guess that they would have to have a conversation about the quarterback and decide if, you know, uh, they're, they're going to draft their quarterback of the future or you look at the, what the trade offers are. You know, I, I don't necessarily believe in that you trade down for the sake of trading down. You trade down because you're getting good value for the, uh, for the pick. And again, I go back to, you know, you could have a host of picks, but if you don't develop them into good players, it, it's meaningless. Um, I, I think all options are on the table. If, if I am, the Lions, I'm going to try and stay within the top 12 because that's where I believe the fall-off is as far as where the premier players in this draft start, uh, end. That's what I was going to ask you. Certainly Sewell, of course, is, is somebody you've got rated very, very highly and in your top five, top ten. 
Um, how big of a drop-off do you have Sewell and Slater, the other big tackle? Well, number one, I think Slater's going to be a guard at the next level, but regardless of whether it's it's Sewell to Slater or Sewell to Christian Darrisaw, it is, a, it is a pretty significant drop. And, you know, there was conversations early on about Slater going before Sewell. I, I never, never believed in that hype at all. Uh, Rashawn Slater's a very good offensive line prospect, but the fact is this is, you know, he opted out last season, which isn't a problem. I understand why players opted out, especially when they were playing conferences like the Big Ten, like the Pac-12, who couldn't seem to get their act together. But Rashawn Slater ent- actually entered the season as graded as a second-round prospect by scouts. He hasn't taken a snap, and some people believe he's a top-ten pick. I never bought into that hype. I think he's going to be tried at left tackle. I think ultimately he'll be moved into guard. I think he could be a very good zone-blocking guard. I think it was uh, Peter Schrager had today, Lions trading down to 16, Arizona moving up to get a receiver they want, and then the Lions could get a number one next year from Arizona and the 16th pick, and maybe even a third-round pick, and then and the Lions could take Derisaw at 16. Uh, would you like that maneuver? And, and and like you mentioned, Derisaw, would he be there at 16, do you think? I tend to doubt it because I think the Chargers at 13 or the Vikings at 14 would jump all over Derisaw. Uh, and again, I, I mean, if you're the Lions, <clears throat> do you want to move out of the, with, with such a need at the receiver position? I mean, basically, because you're starting with an entirely new receiver unit as you're starting with a new quarterback. I mean, do you want to trade out of the possibility of getting, you know, one of the three receivers in this draft, whether it be Chase, whether it be Devonta Smith, whether it be Jalen Waddle, who are all, as far as I'm concerned, you know, premier prospects. They can all be really good players at the next level. Is there a receiver, Tony, that you love on day two? If the Lions don't go receiver right away, but obviously have the 41st pick and in, in, in the second round, is there somebody on day two that, that you've got, that you love, that you've watched? I've always been a big fan of Rondell Moore of Purdue. I, I think he's undervalued. I think he's a guy that should go first round, but he's not going to go first round. He will go in round two. I mean, here's a guy really from his freshman season, from his true freshman season, showed himself to be just a big-time talent. I mean, an explosive talent. People may remember back in, I guess it was 2018, that Saturday night game where he almost single-handedly beat Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. What was, what was one of the biggest upsets of the season. And he's a guy that can score from any point on the field. He's a legitimate home run hitter. He's also a real good pass catcher. It's not just a situation where he blows by people and is wide open. No, he catches a lot of underneath stuff and is a consistent hand catcher. The problem with Rondell Moore is he's only five foot seven, so and that's an issue for some teams, for some systems. I happen to think he's going to be a real good player at the next level. You know, you look at the top around two, Terrence Marshall of LSU. We know one thing about LSU receivers: they're good on the college level, and then they are even better in the NFL. Uh, so I think Terrence Marshall's a guy uh, in round two, and, and then even later on, late round two, maybe early round three, Tylon Wallace of Oklahoma State, some uh, someone who seems to be the forgotten man, who was really productive in 2018, hurt his knee in 2019, came back and had a real good year. Reminds me of Brandon Ayuk with his ability to separate through his route running and consistently catch the ball with proper fundamentals. All right, so here's the Lions sitting at 7, and it could be, like you and I mentioned, 15, 16, 19. They could move down. New England could call Arizona, Washington, looking for a quarterback. Then then the question would come up, if they're in the teens, do they take Micah Parsons, 
Uh, the off-field stuff, the Lions really stressing culture. But, boy, do they need a linebacker in the worst way. What do you think? I think if uh, Micah Parsons is still available in the teams, which he may be, that means there's a lot of red flags. And if you're going to take him there, you know, people say it's great value, you best proceed with caution because, you know, for all his wonderful athleticism and his explosiveness on the field – got a lot of downside people talk about the character issues and what i say is go back and watch the film because his instincts run hot and cold i mean sometimes he's late finding the ball or he struggles finding the ball he was able to make up for it with his incredible athleticism and his supreme speed which he has both in a straight line as well as laterally it's going to be a lot more difficult to do that in the nfl so if he's there in the teens and he starts to drop obviously and in this scenario, the Detroit Lions trade down, and they have a need at that position. Obviously, you know you got to consider them, but proceed with caution. Final thing for Tony Pauline: Tell me about the safeties. Lions have a need there. I don't think they would take one in the first round. What about day two? You know, second, third round safeties. Who 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 tickles your fancy? Yeah, not a good class of safeties. But if they're looking at the top of round two. Richie Grant of Central Florida is a guy who, as we spoke about earlier, is getting late first-round grades, uh, which is it's kind of ironic. <clears throat> I had graded him as a third-round pick coming into the season where scouts gave him a, a free agent grade. But if you watch the Central Florida film, Richie Grant has been a real good player for three years in Central Florida. Had another good campaign in 2020. Went to the Senior Bowl and was just terrific for three days of practice. Showed outstanding ball skills. Wasn't just opportunistic, as often happens at the Senior Bowl. Was a guy who was making plays, looked good uh, during pro day position drills. Not the biggest or fastest guy in the world, but still 5'11 and a half, a shade under 200 pounds. Runs and plays in the low four fives. I think that's a guy they've got to consider if they're looking safety. I also like Javon Holland of Oregon at the top of round two. Not as well-rounded as Richie Grant, but probably has better ball skills. The guy you can line up over the slot receiver, he'll do a good job. Uh, and then I guess at some point in time, you got to look at Elijah Molden. I mean, Elijah Molden is a real, real good football player, but he's just not fast. I mean, he's a guy who runs and plays in the mid-4-5s, which is why he's probably going to be a, a late second, early third-round pick. But if you put him in the right system and you protect him, I think he's going to be a good NFL player. NFL Draft Analyst at ProFootballNetwork.com and also the Believe Podcast and Network. Tony Pauline with us on Twitter, at Tony, P-A-U-L-I-N-E. Tony, that was a lot of fun, man. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Tony Pauline with us. That'll do it for Lockdown Lions on this Tuesday. We're back at it again tomorrow. More discussions of this draft as we get closer to next week. Talk to you tomorrow.